Now, this is PJ Savage, and you're watching the Three Count Podcast. The Three Count Podcast just got savage. I just messed up. Welcome, everybody, to another great edition of the Three Count Podcast presents Now Wintering. And I'm your host, Clifford Red Dog Miller, the man that leads you up this mountain called wrestling. That's right. I am that person, and you guys should be saying in your car by now, just say with me, I am your Sherpa. That's right. Just like your tribal chief, acknowledge me. But like every good Sherpa, you got to have someone who's been there, done that, and can do it more efficiently than you can. And that's why it's never about me. It's about who's entering the ring. Who's entering the ring today? Man, you can find this person at Invictus. You can find them at ULW. You can find them at IWA, SWF, TCW, Standalone, ECPW, Sanctuary, Warriors of Wrestling, MWC, ROH. He is from the west side of Harlem. He is PJ FN Savage. Oh, yeah, that was the best intro to any podcast I've been on, and I've been on 3,000 of them. So that was, that was straight up. That was dope. That was good stuff, man. Appreciate you, man. Thank you for having me on. Any platforms, a platform, and uh, we all got to be blessed to have these platforms out here, man. So I appreciate you having me on. Much yeah, love. Man. So if anybody's wondering, like, why my voice is all shot the way it is, man, I, could, I, I was talking about this on a Now Entering 201 with Alex Sassetto, right? Uh, but... I it's Jan, July 30th and July 31st. Like I was in the ring and you know, like when you bump too much, sometimes like your voice, just yeah. vocal cords get blown out. And that's, yeah. that's what's going on with me right now. So it is what it is. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, man. But how are you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. I'm actually, I actually have an injury. Uh, I'm on the shelf until August 20th. I've been injured uh, since, the middle of July, I had to cancel, pull out uh, four bookings, which sucks. It always sucks. You never want to miss time out, but that's why I've been very promo heavy and uh, making sure I got a lot of content coming out to stay in there. No one really has to know that I'm injured. So when I say I'm injured, everybody's like, oh, shit, you're really injured. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I'm toughering through that. I have uh, two pulled hamstrings. Both my hamstrings are pulled. And I have a small tear in one of the muscles in my back. So that's, it's like the worst. It's like having fluid in your back is like one of the worst things to go through. So um, I'm toughing through that right now. So it kind of sucks. Just like everyday life sucks right now. <laughs> damn, damn, damn. Yo, so two, two pull hamstrings. I know, I know, like, listen, when I was like, when I was trying to debut in like August, right, of 2020, uh, I was getting ready for my first match and it had been like two weeks before like I was making my debut, right? Uh, I did a three quarter roll and I did it wrong and tore my tore my lower abdomen. And so yeah, like that whole getting pulled out of shows and missing, especially when you miss like four ones that you're like looking forward to doing, like yeah, it hundred percent sucks. Yeah, yeah, and and like we're kind of riding. I'm I'm riding like a little wave of momentum right now, especially after the whole STP versus Takeover show. Um, there's been a lot of momentum riding with me, great bookings, solid bookings, a lot of shit flowing. So it was like to pull out and to stop kind of sucks, but my body does need to rest. I've been going nonstop since everything opened up in New York wrestling. I probably missed like three or four weekends in the past two years. So my body's like, hold on. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's like, and it's funny because like that injury, like woke me up too. Cause I was like, I know I spent like, I think it was like 12 weeks. I was like on the shelf. 
just done. I couldn't do anything. So I would still show up to practice and like take notes and watch wrestling awesome. matches, figure out like mental reps, start doing like all the things that were necessary to like keep myself going. So like right when I got got into it, like that was it. Like I was I'm good. Like I have a debut match. Yeah. Like and then crazy enough, um, like my debut match was with Ron Holiday of Riot City. And then the next day they were like, Hey, we're gonna put you in with Darius Carter. And I was like uh, uh. <laughs> you're wrestling the all father oh man oh that's awesome man that's awesome you, you should learn a few things when you step in the ring with that man that's awesome man. yeah and it was cool too because like he was like you know sorry for everybody who's getting pulled behind the scenes like super like when we once we got done we started talking in the back we shared conversations and stuff i'm like yo he just was just like the you know Hey, there's a reason why they call that man the richest prize in, in pro wrestling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I'll go on record, and I'm not, I'm not for, I'm not one to to put anybody else over. I only put myself over. But uh, <laughs> Darius Card is the top guy out here on the East Coast. I, I don't care what anyone says; he's the top yeah. guy. That's that's the guy on the independent scene that I'm gunning for. So yeah, PWI needs to get their shit together and get oh. him on that list, like 100%. higher on that list. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Yo, but how did you get into the sport? Um, I've been a fan of it all my life. Um, my grandmother got me heavy into wrestling from when I was a little kid. My first wrestling event was Wrestle, uh, WrestleMania 10. I was I was four years old. So I uh, went to the garden, went to that. I grew up just watching wrestling, watching AAA, watching CMLL on, on Saturdays, on Telemundo in the hood, you know, like. I grew up on wrestling, like, and I grew up in probably the best era of wrestling, which was the Attitude Era. So, like, I got to see Rock, Austin, Brett, Sean, Hogan, Goldberg, all those guys, like, come up. Even Raven, like, the glory days of Raven. Like, I got to witness that and, like, filter that into me. So, like, it always was with me, and I always wanted to do it, but I was a little bit of a, a, a troublemaker growing up. Like, I never made the smartest decisions I wasn't that kid. I learned a lot late in life. And like my father was was never there. I never had somebody to like tell me what's right and what's wrong. So um, and my mother worked nonstop. And when my grandmother had passed away, because she was basically the one that was like taking care of me, it was kind of like, all right, figure it out on your own. <laughs> like that's what was left for me. So it was always wrestling, going back to wrestling. I wanted to do it when I was 19, but I couldn't. Just circumstances. I had my daughter. And um, I just couldn't. I couldn't afford it. I couldn't afford to go to wrestling school. So it was just tough. So uh, a couple years down the road, I had moved to Brooklyn and the Barclays Center had first opened. And uh, I used that was like the lowest point in my life. Lowest. I was depressed. I was battling anxiety. I was battling a lot. And uh, I would walk past the Barclays Center every time Raw was in town or pay-per-view was in town. I literally lived across the street from it. I would hear the roar from the crowd and it was just like man I always said I wanted to do it and this one day I had a tough day at work and it was like I knew what I was going home to to be more depressed and I just stood like I was watching those trucks because I always used to watch like uh Legends of the Ring it's on Peacock now it was on the network I used to just eat up all the backstage stuff and it was like man I, I want to be one of those guys like no disrespect to the fans. Professional wrestling has the greatest fan base in, in history, like point blank period. There's no fan base loyal, more criticized, more vocal than a pro wrestling fan base. But I don't want to be a fan. I wanted to be in that locker room. I wanted to be accepted by guys like Dusty, Rick, and Vince. I wanted to sit at the same table with them and, and break bread, you know? 
And um, I kind of made the decision, and it was like I looked up wrestling schools. Two schools pop up. Only two schools ever pop up when you're in New York, and that's House of Glory and World of Unpredictable Wrestling. And I'm a, like I told you, I watch. I'm a historian, like a, I study the history of it. So I'm always thinking two steps ahead and two steps backwards. So I'm like, when I make it to WWE, what do I want my documentary to start with? I feel like it'll have more validity if my documentary started with saying I got trained by WWE Hall of Famer. So I made the jump. I went to Johnny's. I started training with him. And I think like two weeks into it, I ref my first show. I ref, I ref like eight matches. He puts you through the ringer. And then uh, about two months into it, I had my first match. And it was at Laboom in Queens, New York, where Evolve and NXT was running. So that was cool. It was a pretty cool experience to have a debut there. But yeah, that's the short and sweet version of how I got into professional wrestling. That's you know what's funny because like you you said we, there's like a lot to unpack, right? But there's like one in particular I want to talk about. It's the fact that it's like the women of women have gotten a lot of the men into wrestling, which I think a lot of people like don't realize. Like they're like no. nah nah nah. But I know a lot of people who talk about like either their grandmother, like myself, it was my aunt. Uh, yeah. You have your mom, right? Or maybe it was like. It, for some people, like their older sister, but it, typically, and I feel like out of doing this show, like, I don't know, maybe like six out of every 10 episodes, somebody always says, it was this female presence who got me into wrestling. It's, it's very it's, true. It's very true. It's very true. All the guys that I hang out with, I know, like all the TakeOver guys, I think we were all influenced by grandmothers. Yeah. <laughs> so like that's <laughs> that that's a, that's a pretty cool intake on it. That's That's really true. But it's cool because like something else too that like, I want to touch on, right? Which is, hey, we gotta be we gotta be honest because we're gonna stick together as it is, right? But when you're a Latino and you're going into like to wrestling, like there's a heritage that you like there's already like a standard that you already like held to, right? And some people will be like, Well, you know, you're either like this luchador type or you're this thug type or you're like a gangster or yeah. you know you're you're a guy who works a lot of different jobs or you're you're just that guy right like that's what they try to put you as or pin you as 100 percent. yeah so like you have to be you have to like double like the work to like break out of these like stereotypes that you get put into like i know for me like a lot of people look at me and i i am i have white skin but i am 100 percent. i tell people all the time like yo it's totally by the manual like i i am who i am but i want to be this mercenary deadpool type character and i don't want to be like another dude that's like, hey, like I'm not, I'm not Eddie. Like I'm not gonna walk around. Yeah. Like, Viva la raza. Yeah, like, no. I do say I like the raza. <laughs> yeah, nah, you hundred percent right. We do get stuck into that category of just like you got to be with it. It's almost like typecasting in in the movie industry. You're gonna work a certain role and that's it. But a lot of it has to do with your look. So like I I, I got some advice one time from a wrestler who's on TV. I won't say his name because it's just redundant. But um, I didn't know he was Puerto Rican. And when he let me know he was Puerto Rican, he came in, he was like, I knew the business I was getting into was racist as hell. And I knew I had to look less Puerto Rican to make sure I got filled into the role that I wanted to be in. And a lot of people used to say I look Samoan. And I used to say, well, this is going to work for me then. Like feeding into that, you know, grow the beard out a little bit, have the little hair. I didn't have hair before. So it was like, all right, so cater the look 
in the persona to fit something else. Like, we have to do that. That's something that we have to face. Everybody just combs over it. So I'm glad you're touching upon it. Because a lot of people don't know that we fight that the moment we come into it. And it's like, I know there's an indie wrestler out here. I love him to death. His name is El Trabajero. And he's a guy that just wrestles because he mops a bucket and does all these construction things. It's it's cool as hell because he took some wrestling boots and painted them like Tim's. Yeah. Like, it, it was so cool. But, like, it sucks that he has to do that and all of us just don't even think about it. Like, it's it's like, well, you know, it's okay. But, like, as a Spanish man, we're kind of learning, especially me growing up in New York and dealing with it all, a lot of the times you're told just to shut up, just to you know, deal with it how it is. And it's like, we look at some things that we see sometimes and we just go, oh, okay, that's just how it is. And it sucks that we have to be like that, but we got to be honest, that's the world we live in now, so. Yeah, and but then, like, the other part that, like, really becomes, like, troubling, right, is that, like, suddenly, like, you're that type of, like, you're that type of Latino, right, or that type of Latina, whether you're, like, a oh, you're a badass, cool, so you're kind of like Ivelisse, or, or you're, like, Diamante, or... You know, yep. oh, so you're so you're you're a tough guy. Oh, so who you think you are? Santana, Ortiz, Conan? Yeah. Like you think you're that type? Like no, 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 no. I don't want to be that person at all. Yeah, like, no. Yep. I went through. I went through, and I was looking at like famous famous Panamanian wrestlers. And on Wikipedia, there's only two. <laughs> I was like, yo. And and now all of a sudden, like you find yourself like in this trail of like, hey, yeah. I have to blaze this trail and push it further than what happened before, and I can't fail. And it's like. It's a, it, I don't think people really understand because, like, you know, let's be real. Like, a lot of a lot of other wrestlers, and I say that in, like, the sense of, like, other white wrestlers, they don't they don't have to worry about that part because they're like, well, I'm going to be that person, and I'll just push as far as I can. And it's like, yeah. well, if they quit, that's cool. You're, yeah. you're just the person who, you know, you're just another guy who tried to live. But for, like, someone like me or someone like you uh, and Dino – Right, like we have to like take that as far as we can take that because, yeah. and we have to keep we can't quit, like because then all of a sudden it looks bad on us that like we oh, you were you were talking about how you were trying to represent this, now you're done. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, and it's funny you said that too. Like when, I remember when I was first first starting out, I had to be like my third show, a second, even my no, it's my third show, my third show in. I pulled out a Puerto Rican flag and like came to the ring with it, and someone in the crowd yelled fifty one fifty, and it was like no. No, that's like that's not me, bro. Like, don't please don't put me into that category. I'm not LAX. Like, right. I and it's not against that. Like, if a contract came in front of me today and it was like, well, we need you to be the newest member at LAX, I'm gonna do it to the best of my abilities and get it over. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's like I would like to pave my own way. I would like to do me and and what I want to do and become what I want to become. And a lot of guys like us and other men of color. We don't have that option. It's like, oh well, you, you're typecast. You know, sucks. But yeah, and that's why I was like, I like guys like Darius, like Darius Carter, or you know, a, another person who broke like that whole entire thing. JTG, right? Like Jay the yeah. God. Like he's now like this pure, like this pure wrestler, badass kind of dude. Yep. And you know, he's and people know him for crime time. Like that's where they talk about him. But yep. you see, like he's got this new kind of evolution in character. And then you look at guys like. You know, no disrespect. Ray Mysterio is my favorite wrestler of like all time, but he's been the same dude like for twenty plus years now, and he's still doing it at a high level. But it's like I want, like, I have to carve that own path out for myself too, and I want people to know that I'm different. And then the other part that I have to fight too, right? It's not even just the fact that I'm a Latin, but that I'm military, 
And so oh. people expect me to be like, oh, you're the soldier? Oh, cool. So we need you to be like stoic and like. Here comes you, Flip Gordon Jr. And I'm like, first of all, I talk a lot of shit. Like, yeah. I don't have time for all that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's tough. And then when you do that, you have to go all, all in on those gimmicks. Mm-hmm. It's like we're seeing it now, even on TV with Lacey Evans. Like, she has to go all in. She, had, I remember they were trying to do the babyface rub, and it was like, dude, this is not a babyface character. A, a militant person with that military background, with with the discipline that a military person has, that's not going to appeal to a babyface audience. That's no. we're going to hate you because we don't want to be disciplined. The, the natural person that sits his fat ass down and watches professional wrestling every Monday night is eating popcorn and chips. And guggling a two liter of soda, and it's like, I don't want to see this, I don't want to be disciplined, so it's gonna have to be a heel. But it's like, if you have to be that militant person, you're kind of designated just to do that, and you have to go a thousand percent because if you don't, it's just not gonna work. Facts. So, <laughs> we're gonna shift gears over, right? Because we're talking about characters and stuff. But I gotta know, man, what's the worst bump you've taken? The worst bump I've taken, it's the bump that. I believe tore one of my back muscles recently. <laughs> so I had a no ring fight with uh, Max Zero at Invictus Pro Wrestling. And um, I'm the type of guy I'll bump anywhere. Like, I'm, I'm crazy. I love the fans. Everybody, uh, Pagano, a wrestling uh, Mexican wrestler, he's a luchador. I met him a few years ago and he told me, I don't care if people pay $5 or $100 to come see me. They paid their money to come see me. So I'm going to put everything on the line. And I kind of have that in my mentality, so I don't mind. I'll bump anywhere. I'll throw myself all over the floor. Um, but I took a bump on the stage, and it was like, it's like a, a bookend or a rock bottom something. And it was just like the moment I landed on that stage, I even smacked out on my bump. You know what I'm talking about? When you smack, <laughs> out, you know you think you're good, so you hit that pow. Look at that noise, man. That was the dumbest thing I ever did. I threw myself, I posted, I jumped, I hit that stage, and instantly I was like, something's wrong. Something's <laughs> That was stupid. That was dumb. <laughs> like you have to you have to save your body. And it's it's like Daniel Bryan said, which I'm trying to really incorporate into my life right now, which is just taking care of myself. Like, word of advice to any young wrestler. If you're under the age of 30, if you're 21 and 22 and you're starting out. Please take care of your body. Do yoga. Stretch before your matches. Please. Like, don't don't take it for granted. Everybody has a bump card, and your bump card's going to catch up with you. So please take care of your body. But that is the worst bump I've ever taken. It was it was just, it was horrible. Go back and watch that match. It's on Invictus's YouTube right now. You're gonna hear me the moment I take that bump. Oh, that sucked. You're gonna hear it on camera. <laughs> it, it sucked, man. It was the worst. <laughs> so just shifting back, uh What's um so after a show, right? What's that post match meal, post match snack that you gotta have? Oh man, it's it's that's interesting. I'm not that kind of guy. I, I one, it's hard for me to eat show day. Like show day sucks. Like just leading up to it and, and getting there, I always have to like force myself to eat so I don't cramp up. I remember the last show I worked, I was complaining. I was like, I didn't eat all day. And I had worked two shows that day, and I remember I was I was wrestling Charlie Tiger from Young Dumb and Broke, and in the ring backstage before we came out, I told him I was like, "Damn, I left my banana. <laughs> I should have ate a banana." And in the ring, just you know, shooting the shit. We're in the ring, no one knows. Say I'm t- 
tell him I'm like I'm pissed off. I left I left my banana out, so I'm taking out on you. So usually my post match meal is like whatever is next to me, like there, whatever is there. Usually is just like, and when I come home, I always like my wife always orders me food, especially if I'm away doing a show. Like I love me a steak. Like steak, if I had to choose every day what to eat, it would be steak. But like I try, almost consume too much of it, and you know that's not good for your heart. So it's like I, I have to calm down. So like I'm gonna go a month without eating any red meat. But uh, steak. If I had to choose one, it'd be steak. <laughs> that. So been in for a while, man. You said you know you've been up and down, training all over the place. Had these great matches. We've had all of STP on the show. So what's one of the hardest lessons you've had to learn? Um, <laughs> uh, the hardest, hard, one of the hard, I honestly, man, it's, it's this time period that I'm going through right now. Just the taking care of my body. Um, I, I was, I was like, I don't know. My, my weight was always a sore subject for me at the beginning. And I was very stubborn. I was very stubborn, especially when everybody would tell me. I would have, like, guys in the business. Of course, I'm not going to relay the names, but they would come over to Johnny's and see me. If you was in shape, you would be signed. And it was like, well, if you, like, damn, so you're going to take away my mic work. You're going to take away my in-ring work. You're going to take away everything. I I work a full-time job. I got four kids, bro. Like, <laughs> like it's but so I'm here training four or five days a week from 4 p.m. to 12 at night. Like, there's but so much time that I have to hit the weight room or to get the cardio in. I'm really studying to become a master of it with my mind and, and really get to learn the ins and outs so I could have longevity in the wrestling business. But that was the worst, the hardest lesson for me because I should have took it serious. And now here I find myself a couple years later and now I'm really on people's radars. And everybody's watching me and I'm like, damn. Why am I just now getting in shape? Because now I'm not in full shape. And then everything else is in shape besides my little, I got the little love handles. And it's like, that's the only thing that pokes out. And it's like, damn, just that alone, appearance alone. Because when you watch wrestling, and it's true, man, when you see a wrestler come onto your screen, and if he's not in shape, get him off on TV. If you're watching Monday Night Raw, it's, 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 it's an instant. Like, I have that. Right now with Dominic Mysterio, I see him on my TV and my wife does too. And I use my wife and my kids to really study professional wrestling. So, cause they're casuals, they're in the business cause they're with me and I talk to them about it all the time. Right. They're much a part of it as I am, but I use their reactions and what they gauge upon and what they watch to see if it sticks and if I can use it, like if I can implement it to my game. And I noticed that my wife watches Raw and she's like, why is Dominic on this TV? It bothers her because he doesn't look in shape. He doesn't have muscles. He does. He's, you know, he has a t-shirt on, and it's like, damn, I wear a t-shirt. <laughs> you know, like, oh, it's a part of your gimmick. No, it's not, bro. I, I wear a t-shirt because I got love handles. Like, it's cool. Yeah, I put Savage on my shirt, but it's like I do it because I have to because I want to look presentable. But I'm not stupid. I have to get in shape. I have to get into top shape. I remember I heard I, I spoke to someone really, really smart in the business, and he told me one thing. He's like, you have it all. You have all the tools, but you're just not in shape. If you become in shape, you're going to become undeniable. So you need to get off your high horse and stop being angry because that's the only thing holding you back. Everybody's telling you the one thing that's holding you back. So 
so do it. Go and fix that problem. And it's like, now I'm stuck in it. Now I'm on the Indies getting all these great bookings. But it's like, now I kind of look like crap. And I'm in the middle of losing weight. I lost 15 pounds in the last, like, two, three months. But still, it's like, there's a long road. You have to lose it and then put weight back on. So it's like, it's going to be a good six months till I even look anywhere near the way I want to look. But yeah, so everybody needs to take the weight thing and, and to look presentable, very serious. I definitely, I can, I can relate to that because even before I got into this, right, I was like, I was trying to convince myself that I was in shape, right? Like I was like, yo, I still look good out, right? But my, my daughter was young, man, and kids are brutally honest. And she came up to me and this was like, this was probably like 20, 2016, 2017, something like that. And she walked up and yo, she poked me and my belly and she goes you're kind of squishy and like my wife started laughing and i was like oh i've become that guy yeah and so i was like yo i'm gonna get into the gym i'm gonna start working out i'm gonna get in shape and i'm i remember going from like 230 to like 180 pounds in like yeah. six months but then everybody kept telling like and then i had the opposite effect oh are you okay are you sick are you do you have cancer that was yeah. the thing that i asked to me i was like yo what so then I ballooned back up to like two ten. I was like, I hate being here. So yeah. I was like, Let me yeah. focus and bring myself back to, to where yep. I want to be at. But yeah, yep. it's, and that and then I then that got me in shape so I could be in so I could go into the ring and start training and stuff. So I definitely, I understand like when you realize like oh shit, I don't want to look like, like like there's nothing wrong with Jacob Fatu. That dude is amazing. But I would not look good looking like Jacob Fatu. Yeah, I would have to, like, me, I would have to go, okay, I'm okay with being a flat, fat slob. I'm going to let my chest hair grow out. I'm going to take off my shirt, and I'm going to be wild savage, you know, and just, like, say I'm going to own that and go that route. But that's not what I want to be, you know? That's not what any of us want to be. We want to be the best. And you to be the best, you got to look like a Drew McIntyre. You got to, like, Jesus Christ, I, I, I like, Roman Reigns, I, I used to hate the guy. Like, not even from a fan perspective. It was just like, I always felt as if, and I told my wife this, I always felt as if Roman was the top guy by default. Mm. And it's like, just being a guy who, who wants to be in the business, is like, to be the top guy, I want to be the guy that took it. I want to be an Austin. I want to be a Rock, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, like, watching Roman recently, especially at SummerSlam, that guy's on another level. Like he's he's become the top guy. Like there's no default. Like you can't take it away from him now. And it's because he got bigger. His 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 physique got insane. He looks phenomenal. He didn't have that physique two three years ago. He worked to get it. And it's like look at a simple change like his physique has made into his persona to a fan that's watching it. And like I said, I use my wife and my kids to gauge. But they would think, you see how your daughter pushed your stomach and said, you're squishy. That's what every other kid is thinking in that crowd. You're squishy. So now it's like, okay, now I got to make the change. Now I got to do this. Like if my son sees Roman and goes, wow, that's a wrestler. I need my son to think that when he sees me. So it's like now I have to make those necessary changes. But it's hard because everybody in the wrestling business, we deny the weight problem. We, we always say we look great. We always tell ourselves what we want to hear. But the sad truth is that we don't. We all look lazy and horrible. And if we look great, we would probably all be signed right now. So it's it's like you got to tell yourself the hard truth. And it took me a long time to tell myself that. And now I'm getting in shape. 
But then, like, you get in shape, and it's like, oh, you find out this. Like, I was running around at like 275 at the beginning of the year. And it's like, now I'm down to 250 something. And it's like, I want to go down to 245, but then come back up to 250, 260 in muscle. Like, that's going to take me some time, man. That's yeah. going to take some time. So it just sucks, man. It just sucks. But no, like, I definitely understand because, like, I've, I've learned now, like, I'm actually below 200 now. Like, I'm 195. And, a lot of people see me in a locker room and they're like, yeah, what are you weighing now? Like 225, 230? I'm like, yeah, nowhere near that. Because then I see a guy who weighs 230, I'm like, that guy clearly weighs 230. <laughs> and they're like, in their shape, like, you know, and it's like, you know, seeing someone, and I, I use JTG as an example because that guy yeah. is like, he's 220 and he's just Phenomenal. like a brick. And you're like, Phenomenal. holy cow, I want to be like that guy. Yeah, it looks phenomenal. I, I wrestled with him uh, the last, like, six, uh, it was last year. It was last year up in Plymouth for XWA. And it was just, he's walking around the locker room. I was like, Jesus Christ. What a, I do not deserve to be in the same locker room as that man. <laughs> like, here I am, dressing up, lacing my boots next to JTG, saying, hey, pass me my T-shirt. Like, I mean, get out the lot. I should have just took myself out the goddamn show. That's what I should have did. <laughs> so, listen. Uh, normally, the next question I would ask is like, what kind of advice would you give to upcoming wrestlers? But we've kind of gone through some big yeah. points, and if people aren't taking the notes, man, like that's that's just on you. Like, listen, take care of your body and get in shape. That's everything everybody's telling you to do, but we keep telling them, oh, you don't know shit. Yeah. Not telling me to live my life. Like, no, I'm gonna no, show no. you. I'm gonna yeah. show you. <laughs> yeah, that was me. That was me. Like two years ago, I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna wrestle in my t-shirt, and I'm gonna get over. Yeah, I got over, but I'm still not signed. Good job. Good job, PJ. Man, yeah. Joke's on you, brother. Yeah. So, listen, a lot of different locker rooms, a lot of different places that you've been. So what I need from you is one do and one don't of the locker room. Oh, oh, that's that's good. Uh, one do is just be respectful of everybody in there and say, introduce yourself. I don't care. There should be no excuse. I was in the locker room uh, recently, and uh, Nash Carter. Uh, is it Nash Carter? It's the guy from NXT. He yeah. just got released. He was NXT champion from the Rascals. He walks in the locker room, and he shakes everybody's hand, and he says what up to everybody. And uh, indie guys who's trying to get signed walks in and just sits down like they own the place, and they're still training. And it's like, brother, please. Like, this is, come on. This is etiquette. Like, just go around, shake everybody's hand, introduce yourself. You don't know who's in that locker room. You don't know what connections anyone has. You don't know what kind of connection you can make with a person. So do yourself a favor. Get off your high horse and just go shake everybody's hand and introduce yourself and be respectful of the locker room. And and just do that, please. Like, that is my first do, like, automatically. And uh, one don't is just don't get naked in the locker room, please. Like... <laughs> Just stop doing it. <laughs> stop. Stop. Go to the bathroom and, and take your wee wheel out in the bathroom. Please go to the stall. Like, it, we don't need your junk in, in everybody's face. Like, it's, it's okay. I know we're going to deal with this in every locker room that we go into. And some guys are just like, hey, this is me. You know? <laughs> like, it's, it's just one thing for me. It's a pet peeve. It's like you just, just lacing up your boots and look up. Whoa, whoa, where that came from? <laughs> it just sucks. It's not. It's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. Yeah, 
Listen, nobody needs to see your mushroom tip in the locker room. All right? Brother, please just go away. over there. <laughs> but, well, listen, man, those are all my heavy hitting questions, right? But we do got to get into the second best segment of the three count podcast. You probably try to figure out what's the first is right there. Uh, it's the Red Dogs Power Rankings you can find every Sunday on our debate show. But this is the three count podcast, 10 count questions. Mr. Savage, this is how it works. I'm going to fire off 10 questions at you rapid fast. And oh, whatever's your answer. That's your answer. Dope. Let's do it. All right. So we're going to put on the imaginary timer for ad pressure. Bing. And in the words of Mike Goldberg, here we go. Smackdown or Raw? Raw. Favorite movie? Oh, the Batman. The new one. Okay. PlayStation or Xbox? Xbox. Favorite actor? Uh, Christian Bale. Nice. Apple or Android? Android. Favorite cartoon? I lost so many fans just now. <laughs> uh, the old X-Men cartoon from the 90s. Uh, it never gets old. <laughs> Sorry. Don't worry about those elitists. Uh, dogs or cats? Dogs. I love me a dog, man. Cat fans are gone now. Oh, uh, shit. Favorite podcast? Oh, man. JRE, man. Joe Rogan experience. Hell yeah. Uh, name one person that you want to see on this podcast. Oh, Oh, name one person I want to see on this podcast. I don't know if you had him before, but I love the big guy, Wrecking Ball Likursky. It's like yes. my favorite person in the world. Like, I talk to him all the time. Please have him on. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I will swap stories here. <laughs> <laughs> and then last but not least, my favorite question to ask every single person who comes on this show, favorite curse word. I could say it? Yeah, 100%. Bitch, I love bitch. Like you, you can just say it's a promo I just dropped on Chris Barton. Go watch it's on my YouTube and my Instagram. I called him a bitch about thirty times in that promo. It was like it just for context. The guy always goes to a pier and he like, oh, this is where I'm at to think, and I just make fun of him. And he always curses in his promos, and everybody goes, why do you curse your promos? You don't need to. So I just I just cut a whole promo on him and I just I called him a big bitch like 30 times. But it's like the way a person says bitch. Like I you know, wrestling wrestlers love to say bitch, especially the women and some of the guys. But if you say bitch in a weird way, it it just doesn't work. If I come out bitch, bitch, like just it's like stop. But if you put that like bitch in it, like you you said that B, you pronounce that, oh man, it comes off great. Comes off great. I love the fact because like what that what that word is, and so it's like that and and fuck right. Like those are my two yeah, favorite words, yeah. and the reason why is because like they can mean anything based on how you say it, right? 100%. So you're like bitch, like, you know I mean? like it's a question, or you'd be like bitch, right? It's like yep. an exclamation at that point. Like I just love that word because you could just right, or if you're like really just like in shock, like this bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what that, I love about it. That's what I, exactly. It's like you can use it, in, and then when it comes to cutting promos, like you can use it in whatever context you want to use it in. So it's like it just works on so many levels, man. <laughs> well, those those are all my questions that I have for you. So if you could let our listeners and our viewers know where they can find you, oh, uh, you can find me. Everything's at PJ Savage underscore on uh, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, YouTube is just PJ Savage. Go check out the YouTube show Savage Season. It's all breaking fourth wall and just having fun with stuff, man. And 
having going like checking out promo day and what we do behind the scenes and how we get together promos. It's all fun and games. Go check that out and uh prosnts.com slash PJ Savage. Go cop some merch. Got some fire merch there. Got some crazy stuff. And I got a lot of things planned up coming up. So uh check everything out that I'm doing, man. Bad. Well, there you have it. He gave you all the handles. He told you where you could find him. He's even got his own YouTube channel, Pro Wrestling T Shop. You got it all. So what does that mean? Well, that means that we got to do, like, everybody's favorite part of a match. got to take this home. Because this is the Three Count Podcast with Sense Now Entering, and I'm your host, Cliver Red Dog Miller, the man that leads you out this mountain called wrestling. And like every good sheriff, you got to have somebody who's been there, done that, and can do it more efficiently than you can. And that's why it's never about me. It's about who's entering. And you see him right next to me, right there it's PJF and Savage. You guys know what to do. Tune into the next episode and be there. Or you're subscribing to this YouTube channel. You're following us on all of our social media accounts. You're even following us on Spotify right now. You're leaving the reviews. Or you're just waiting for this episode. And you're waiting for the outro. And then you're choosing another episode to listen to. Peace. What's going on, Three Count Nation? I'm Clifford Red Dog Miller with the catchphrase. But what I really want to do right now, go to twitter.com, right? Go over there, find us at the Three Count underscore pod, give us a follow, give us a like, give us a comment. We want to talk to you guys. Go to IG at the Three Count Pod, give us a like, give us a follow, leave us a comment. We want to interact with you. Go to youtube.com, give us a subscribe, turn the bell on, turn on notifications, leave a comment. We want to talk to you. Go to anger.fm forward slash the three count podcast. And in there, you can leave us a message and we will talk to you. Basically, what I'm trying to tell you is that we want to talk to you. We want to have fun with you guys and we love listening to what you guys have to say. Also, one thing I need you to do for me, the three count podcast also has merchandise. At prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the three count pod. Please go buy our t-shirts. We love you guys and we hope you love us too. So. Show us some support, please.